not so long ago at work, a rep from a company that uh, I work with, um, I sent him customers and uh, he helps our customers out with uh, getting the merchant services down. You know, every time you scan your credit card, oh, but whatever, that's not important. <laughs> this guy, I hadn't seen him in such a long time and uh, he came up to me and he's like, hey, Mauricio, you know, you lost a lot of weight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Coronita Lights will do that to you. And uh, he's like, just looked at me weird. Uh, he's like, oh, he's like, no, but it seems like you lost weight pretty fast. And then I looked at him again and he, he gave me this face and he touched his nose. And I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. Hey, what's going on, my qualifiers? Welcome to the very first episode of UN Talk. That's Unqualified News Talk with your host, Dan Mauricio. That's me. And this is going to be a new segment or part of the show that I want to introduce. And this is episode number one, UN Talk. This is going to be an open, just an open talk, open conversation that I want to do with you guys and gals. I'm going to, I don't want to say the word interview people, but I'm going to interview people, you know, <laughs> it's going to be people that I find interesting or maybe some people that I myself may not find interesting, but maybe you find them interesting. I feel like I'm very curious by nature. I don't need to force this curiosity that I have. It just comes naturally. Just naturally, I always ask why, where, when. So here it is. UN Talk, episode one. What I want to use this for is to get to know the people that I have on the show. To truly get to know them for the person that they are. I'm going to interview them based on their jobs, based on where they work, based on what they're doing in their life, but more so I want to get to know the person. You may think you're just a regular whatever type of person. You may think your, your, your life story is not that important, but trust me, it is. You, you, I know, I know, this sounds so cliche. You're special. Everyone's special. But that, that's true. That's very true. Everyone is special. So to go back to that story, yes, that representative was insinuating cocaine, cocaina, because I did lose weight fairly quickly. But he doesn't know that I started eating healthy and exercising my ass off in the start of April. April 2021 is when I started losing all this weight. And this is not something that I wanted to mention. Obviously, how am I going to mention this during, you know, unqualified news regular? Like, hey, uh, so, you know, Myanmar and uh, North Korea is pretty crazy, right? By the way, I've lost 35 pounds. You know, it's just, it's just, it wasn't the, it wasn't the time. This is what I've been doing in the background. I've been really, really putting in work on myself. So start of April, I was 210. And now uh, we're in September, 2021. And I'm about 175 or so. I've lost about 35 pounds. So I can see why my boy, this rep was thinking that, you know what I mean? There was some extracurricular activities happening. So, and you know, I said Coronita's lights just to kind of keep it, you know, funny, ha ha ha, but he, he didn't think it was funny. So then I started talking to him further and I'm like, no man, look, at the time I was walking out. So I had my lunch with me, my, uh, my finished lunch and, uh, whoever does follow me on Instagram, you know what I eat salads, baby salads all the time right now. And, uh, I opened it up. I'm like, look, this is what I eat. I'm like, you know, power greens, you know, the power greens that you buy at the groceries at the grocery store. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I eat that and some nasty cooked 
chicken, just plain, plain Jane cooked chicken. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's still kind of in blue. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, this is what I've been eating for the past months. And I've been going to the gym every single day. I'm going to the gym right now, actually. And then once he kind of got the idea of like, oh, this guy's serious. Like, oh, <laughs> this guy really did do it with hard work. He kind of just lost interest in the story. He was just like, eh, whatever, man. I've heard this one before. And that kind of like brought me back. It's like, what? So you would have liked me to tell you that, hey, man, yeah, you know, I've been fucking doing crystal math and this was going on. Da da da. You know what I mean? I even told him, I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, cocaine don't give you these muscles, baby. You know? And uh, I don't know. I just thought that that, that that really took me took me back, you know, because when I was telling him about how I truly did it, the steps, how hard it was to do it, he lost interest, total, total interest. And uh, that just reminds me of the way society is right now. They want that, that, that quick fix. You know, he wanted me to tell him, oh, check this out. Here's the link. Click on the link and you'll lose all the weight. That's kind of what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to give him like, oh, you know, you, you, you eat three celery stalks and, and, uh, and do seven jumping jacks, whatever the fuck. He wanted like a special thing, but because it was so boring of exercise and eat healthy, he was just like, ah, whatever. In UN Talk, I'm going to be interviewing people. I'm going to be talking to people. Right now, this is the first episode, and I want to use this episode to show any future guests that I can be vulnerable. I want to be able to open myself up and just be 100%. I'm not going to have anybody here and poke and prod and have them talk about things that doesn't make them feel comfortable. That's not what I'm about. I'm not here to try to get a aha moment. I gotcha. No, no. If there's anything that they don't want to talk about, I'm not even going to prod at it. My main thing is I want to get to know people. I want to truly, I want to get to truly understand what makes them tick. So in order for me to do that, I need to open myself up to you guys a little bit more. Though I've been 100% with you guys. You guys know me from day one to now. I, I've been, I've been 100. If I'm wrong about anything, I'll be the first one to tell you that I was wrong. And if I don't tell you, that's because I don't know that I'm wrong. You tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me when I do something wrong. Tell me when I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. I'll assess it and maybe I'll change. But I always take any comments, any criticism into consideration. I wanted to use episode one of UN Talk as an outlet for my stories, my memoirs. That's French for memory. Um, <laughs> because I, I want you and any future guests to listen to this episode and kind of get an idea of, uh, of the openness that uh, I kind of want, you know? And if you don't want to be open, that's okay too. I'm okay with that too, okay? When I was younger in elementary, um, you know, we always had those assignments from our teachers. Hey, you know, write your life story. Um, what, you know... How many brothers and sisters do you have? Where do you live? Where are your parents from? Things like that. Where does your mom work? Where does your dad work? When it came to that, to that question of, you know, where does your dad work? Uh, my stepmom always told us to say that my dad was a truck driver, you know? And I remember from first grade till third grade, always saying, you know, oh yeah, my dad's a truck driver. What does your dad do? He drives trucks. That's why my dad's not around that much, you know? But I really didn't know what my dad really did, you know? I, I truly didn't know. I just knew he wasn't here a lot. 
and uh i mean we had everything when i was young we literally we had everything um he wasn't smart enough to buy any property but we had all types of materialistic shit we had all the power power wheels toys we each one had you know one of those little power wheel toys we had remote control cars that were probably like 500 bucks each and we're like eight nine year old kids um we had pets any dog we wanted we would get it was just ridiculous parties every weekend parties probably every day at my house that's that's where people went for parties but i remember i remember one time i remember a summer actually this was this was a summer very important summer it seems like tyson and holyfield were fighting the second fight it was june 28th 1997 and i only know the day because i looked it up for this story june 28th 1997 that's just a couple days after my birthday my birthday is in june 15th 1988 so I was nine years old at the time and I remember my dad bought me a Shaquille O'Neal Huffy bike I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about but this is a Shaquille O'Neal Huffy bike look it up it was an all-black bike and it was it had like the frame of the bike was enclosed with like a plastic shell on the outside so it made the bike look like a different shape it gave it like a weird look, awesome, cool looking bike. It was mainly all plastic. If you dropped it once, it would break, but it looked so cool. All black, slick, beautiful looking bike. And I remember the colors were purple and yellow. And I remember that because it was black, purple, and yellow. And it was the Shaquille O'Neal bike. And I think it, I think it had something to do with the Shazam movie. I'm not sure. But I'll bring the bike up again uh, later in the story. So I remember that day, June 28th, 1997, we were watching the fight. And uh, it was a small little TV. The TV was, I mean, tiny. That This thing was, what, 12 inches? It's a small TV, I'm saying. A small little TV right above the refrigerator. And we were in a side of the house where we were just, it was like a utility room. It was, I, I'm, you know, I was nine years old. There was my, my little sister. Uh, she was probably five, my my younger brother, eight, and uh, my youngest brother, uh, four. So we were all in that room, and uh, what we were doing was we were opening up boxes. Just half of the room was stacked to the ceiling of boxes. And you, we would be, uh, so our job was to open up the boxes, take out the pill bottles, take the plastic off from around, from around the top, push down because it was childproof you know what i'm saying so you got to push down and then twist break over open the seal that little aluminum seal take out the cotton all this trash you put it into the into the box of trash there was a box of trash and the pills we would dump into another box so this is what we were doing you know um as young young kids uh this was fun. This was, this was, we were hanging out. We were all just blah, 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 eating there too, you know, um, watching the fight. I was watching the fight, man. I was the oldest one. Me and my dad would sit down and watch all the Tyson fights. I remember my dad would buy every single one of the pay-per-view fights and we would watch every single one of those fights. That's why I love boxing to this day. So what we were doing with those pills is in those pills, I remember my dad explaining something to me. He's like, there's a little ingredient in these pills that we need. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't know then. I know now those ingredients were ephedrine or pseudoephedrine, which you need to make methamphetamine. 
so we're opening up all these pill bottles and uh and i remember uh my dad was like oh and i was like what and you know i was i was i was kind of like i can see the tv from where i'm at but i'm kind of further away from it because i'm in the room and then the tv's outside of the room so, so he's in like in the kitchen area and i'm like in this like utility room right and he's like oh and he's like maori maori ven pa i'm like okay and then i run over there and then tyson had just bit holyfield's ear off he had bit his ear off i remember that he bit his ear off and uh and my dad was just ecstatic, crazy. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. I, I didn't understand then how huge, how big of a thing this was, you know. I remember just it just going, you know, it was, it was wild. It was wild. But then we got back to, to opening the pills, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I think about now is how crazy is it that my dad trusted us not to eat any of those pills that we were opening up? You know, he's a five, four, eight, nine-year-old kids there opening up these little pill bottles you know he trusted us not to eat them i mean i didn't eat any of them i i i hope that any of my brothers and sisters didn't eat any of them either but i'm sure to i'm sure i'm gonna ask them i'm gonna ask them now i don't quite remember how that day ended you know uh, i mean there was so many so many pills there I'm, I'm almost certain that we didn't finish all those boxes that we just kind of just went to bed but i do remember the next day waking up and wanting to go play with my bike and my bike was gone. My bike was gone. And of course, I started crying. Oh, Papa, Dad, Dad, my bike, my bike. So my dad, you know, he got up. He was like, what the? He, he was, you could tell he was pissed. I've never seen, like, I, up until then, I've never seen my dad that upset. He quickly got on his little, little shitty uh, Motorola phone, nasty, big old brick phone. And he dialed some numbers and some people showed up that i've never seen before in my life till then we would we were living in on crenshaw and like adams area crenshaw and 28th street to be exact but crenshaw and adams area and um that's blood gang territory right there and it's been like that since probably the 80s probably still to this day it's probably blood gang territory i don't remember a lot of a lot but what i do remember two or three blood gang members showing up and uh, I was scared. I was kind of scared because, you know, they're thugs, gang members and shit. I'm nine years old and they're putting up to my dad in front of our house. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? And then I realized, oh, they're, they know my dad. These people know my dad. And they're talking, da-da-da. And then later my dad comes to me and he's like, hey, son, don't worry. We're, we're, we're going to get your bike. They're going to they're gonna get your bike. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, well, should we go walk around the neighborhood and try to ask people to find it? And my dad's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We're going to get the bike. We're going to get the bike. Later that day, we got those bikes back. We got both of those bikes back later that day. So by the night, I remember my dad cleaning up the front yard just so, just so he can see us playing with those bikes, running in the circle. Like, All right, come on, come and play with your bikes now. That's when I found out you know what? I don't think my dad is a truck driver. I don't think my dad's a truck driver. Look, everything I say comes from the heart, comes from a place of love. So I'm saying these stories not to badmouth my dad or anything like that, or even badmouth anybody. Everything comes from a, a place of love. You know, these are just my stories. These are just my experiences. Just understand my qualifiers. Everything I say comes from a place of love. Even though sometimes I may seem like I'm um, poking fun or, you know, 
being a little sarcastic, everything comes from a place of love when it comes from me. And uh, I think you are also able to notice that on your everyday just conversations with other people, you know? You can tell when somebody says something to you and they're trying to hurt you. Or you can tell when somebody's saying something to make them feel themselves feel better by bringing you down. You can tell. It's not difficult to tell. So trust me, when I'm telling you these stories, they come from a place of love. I went to kindergarten in Mexico, Puebla, Mexico. Um, I was born here in this beautiful country, the United States of America. <laughs> California place is called Stanislaus is up north in Modesto County it's called Stanislaus um, my dad had a lot of business up there up north that's where I was born my mom came from Mexico probably on one of these business trips and uh, I popped out when uh, they were up in north in Modesto my mother's from Puebla Mexico um, I didn't really grow up with my mom uh, last I saw her was probably eight years old but this story's not about that right now. My dad's born in El Salvador, San Miguel. I'm mentioning my background because I want you guys to get to know me a little better. Most of you know me, but some of you are getting to know me. And I think this helps to kind of understand my perspective on the news and the way I see the news and how I interpret them. You know, talking about business up north uh, reminds me of the times uh, me and my brothers and sisters, dad and stepmom, we used to drive up to like Modesto County. Um, I don't know for a fact where, you know, but it was up north and it was a couple hours away. I just remember my dad would tell us the day before every time, like, all right, you guys go to sleep early, go to sleep early. You guys know we're going tomorrow. We're going to drive up to La Leche, La Leche, the milk, the milk. We used to go up north to go get fresh cow milk directly from the cow. That's what we would drive up for. Three, four hours up north. My dad used to wake us up at four in the morning. All four of us, my, my brother, my small, younger brother, my sister and I, all four of us were like, you know, I was 10, they're, you know, eight, seven, five. Um, and he'd get us all ready and excited four in the morning to drive up to Modesto County to get this milk. I even wrote out some notes to help me remember a lot of this story, which, uh, I recommend it. It does help. It. I've been feeling pretty good today, uh, just working on this uh, on this story right here. It's it's brought a big giant smile to my face, just kind of taking me back. So we would go up to Modesto County area up north, like three to four hours for fresh milk straight from a cow. I remember the milk was warm. Um, it was the best. I'm getting ahead of myself. We would all pack ourselves into a Ford Aerostar. I don't know if you guys remember that, a Ford Aerostar van. It, I remember the van, like, I can see it right now. It was the Ford Aerostar Eddie Bauer edition. What's up? All leather inside, baby. Brown leather. My dad loved that van. He had it tricked out. He, he had the gold spoilers. He had the gold ladder in the back. You know the ladder that those vans have? Gold, baby. He had um, a little rail for you to stand on to get into the van. The one on the left side and the right side, gold. Straight up narco car. <laughs> now that you think about it, uh, that car was very, uh, very loud. But we all would pack ourselves into this van. And halfway through, halfway up, you know, going uh, on this road trip, we would do this road trip probably like twice a month. So this would happen a lot. 
it seemed like for years to me it seemed like for years sometimes we wouldn't go but for the most part we would go almost every time a lot of the times we would just kind of fall asleep in the van we wouldn't really um we wouldn't do much there's no games there's no no phones no nothing so we would fall asleep a lot of the times and it wouldn't be a comfortable ride because they would pack bags uh inside the van so we didn't really have a lot of space um and i always thought i'm like why are we packing so many bags we're just going up up north for a bit uh, and then coming back but then I thought I'm like I don't know maybe I, I just didn't think much of it I mean I'm 10 years old I wasn't really thinking about why the hell do we have bags you know now that I think about it everything happened like like a plan you know we would get up there and as soon as the van would pull up my dad's friend would, pull, would walk out El Grey that was this guy's name El Grey the Grey that's what he was called El Grey you can't even you can't even like make this shit up he was called the Grey the gray guy or whatever, El Grey. And uh, he was a soft-spoken, badass guy. I do remember that. He was one of my dad's best friends. Uh, my dad told me a story that um, the day I was born, 1988, June 15th, uh, El Grey hooked up my dad with a Mustang. 1988 Mustang. Brand new. That's how I got out of the hospital. I got out of the hospital in a 1988 Mustang. That piece of shit car nobody likes. The worst Mustang ever made. But um, El Grey. So he would get out and uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I don't know what they were talking about. They would just talk. He'll escort us out. You know, here you go. Go with your stepmom. Go, go, get the, go to the cows. So we'd go to the cows. You know, we'd, it was just like a farm. To me, to me now, it seemed like a giant, giant operation. But um, it probably wasn't. It probably, you know, it's probably like 10 cows or whatever. But to me as a kid then, it seemed like a giant. It seemed like I was in Altadena. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like Horizon uh, Cow Farm or something. But um, we would go to the cows and straight from the cow right there, you could touch the cow. A guy would sit down and he'll, he'll grab a glass of water and, and the, the milk would go straight into your glass of, wa- of your glass. He, he, you get the glass, you, you, you hold the glass and the, the, the milk is so warm when you touch that glass. And I remember... Um, for, for us, the, all the kids, he would mix in chocolate milk and, you know, he'll mix in that chocolate milk and then we'll drink it. And we would love it. We'd love it. We wouldn't even care that we were driving three, four hours up there just for that fresh milk, you know. But as I got older, you know, we kept going. This was happening, you know, twice a month. It would happen a lot. I would protest more so like, oh, I don't want to wake up early. I don't want to have to wake up at four in the morning to go. I don't even want milk. I don't want milk. I would be like, I don't want milk, you know, and they'll be like, well, you sorry you got no say you, you're coming with us we're not leaving you here you're not staying there you're coming with us so then i started figuring like why first of all why are we coming all the way up here for this milk man like could we just you know there has to be a closer place i, I don't want to come up here no more and uh one day on our on our way back um when we got home normally you know we would get home and we'd get out the car and <laughs> run straight into the house and go do whatever we were gonna do as kids you know but one day I, 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 you know, I stuck around and I opened one of the bags that um, we got, you know, we were bringing back from, from La Leche because we would take like these, not duffel bags, uh, like carry-on type bags with wheels. So we'd have like two, three, sometimes four because two of them fit in the back and then two of them had to be in the front. So it was, it was an uncomfortable ride almost every time. But I noticed that one of the bags, I opened it and... It didn't have anything on the way back. So I was thinking, I'm like, what? What? And then I was just thinking to myself, did this stuff have, did this bag have anything on the way there? 
or 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 did it not have anything on the way there and doesn't have nothing on the way here or you know as a kid i just that's what i thought you know i'm like why do we have a bag just an empty bag here you know so i asked my dad i'm like dad why, why do we ha- why do we just uh take this empty bag up there and he's like que te importa <laughs> which just means none of your business basically none of your business and uh as a kid i already knew i'm like all right well i guess it is none of my business and that had to have been one of the last times that I actually went to these uh, milk trips, you know, because after that, uh, my parents would start leaving me with my aunt a lot of the times. And then because uh, I started asking too many questions, you know, kind of like I do now. I, uh, I, I just wanted to know why I always I, I always want to do things better. So I thought, wait, wait, why are we going all the way over there for milk? Three hours, four hour drive. We got to wake up early just for milk. So I was trying to figure out how to help my dad, you know, but um, it was none of my business. That's a memory that, that, that sticks out, you know, parents spending time with their kids. And you know what? Like, like I said, like I said, I'm not bad mouthing my dad. He's a good person. He's a good person at heart. Just, just a lot of bad choices. That memory is a positive memory for me. Even though now that I'm older, I realize that I think my dad was using the ruse that, hey, look, it's a family and a van. Don't stop us, police, you know, to go maybe go do some deliveries or something. I don't know for a fact, but we would do this ride, like, I'm telling you, twice a month for years, okay? And it was up north. And I mean, what happens up north? You already know what happens up north. Nothing good. Well, there you have it, my qualifiers. I can talk all day about myself, um, but Keep in mind, the reason why I wanted to do this is because I want to be open with you guys. I want you guys to know that there isn't anything that I wouldn't say, you know, if it if it's something that's happened to me in my life and uh, and I feel like you'll benefit from from hearing these stories. I'll say them, you know, even though they're embarrassing for me. Sometimes it's part of growing you understanding that you've made mistakes, you understanding that, you know, things that you were embarrassed in the past. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. nobody cares. I mean, not trying to sound messed up, but everybody has something embarrassing about them. Everybody has something embarrassing about their background, their life, their family. But I think what matters more is who you are right now, how you treat people. That's what really matters. I'm not, not, I don't care who you come from, where you come from, you know, who your dad, mom is. I care about how you are. I care about how you treat me, how you treat others. It's very important. All right, my qualifiers, thank you so much for catching this first episode of UN Talk. Like I told you, it's going to be open forum talk about anything with anybody. A lot of the people that I'll talk to are regular people like you and me, but everybody has a story. Everybody has something to say, and I'm curious to hear it, and I know you guys are curious too. So UN Talk, Unqualified News Talk, Episode 1. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for you guys listening in. And thank you so much for letting me say my stories. Peace. Love you all.